Hey guys, welcome to Happily Ever Random, where we will be exploring multiple points of view on a variety of topics. I'm Jenny, and I am your host, and I am here with my brother, Troy, my co-host. Hello, everyone. Today, we are going to be taking a deep dive into HBO and Game of Thrones' newest show, House of the Dragon. We're going to recap the first season, discuss our favorite things about it, and try to figure out why House of the Dragon and Game of Thrones were such a huge sensation. We'll also talk about what we might see in season two. Um, and also, we do want to give a warning for everyone, um, especially with this being about Game of Thrones and House of the Dragon. <laughs> there is going to be some potential adult content. That may not be suitable for some people. Children. Um, mainly children. And also there might be some spoilers for um, House of the Dragon, the first season, the book Fire and Blood. And if you haven't seen this yet, the Game of Thrones TV show. Which, what are you waiting for? So, um, just as a warning ahead, there will be spoilers. So, if anything is rumored, it's on you. Yeah, sorry guys. We gave you a warning. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All right, so let's get started, guys. So just as kind of a quick season one overview, what was House of the Dragon about? So House of the Dragon was a prequel to Game of Thrones based on George R.R. R. Martin's book, Fire and Blood. It is set about 100, 120 years after the Targaryen conquest of Westeros. And it portrays the events leading up to the beginning of the decline of House Targaryen and the war known as the Dance of the Dragons. And there is actually supposed to be a neck, another book for Fire and Blood. I think it's called Blood and Fire. I think it just like switched the words around. But of course it hasn't been written yet. Just like the last two Game of Thrones books that we're still waiting on. <laughs> so we'll see if that ever happens. So, all right, Troy, we're going to start with initial reactions, okay? Okay. I need you to answer me. Did you like it, dislike it, or love it? I loved it. Yeah? There were some parts, just like with anything, that you're always going to have some kind of thought about or may not like exactly. Right. But as a whole, I definitely loved the first season, and I'm very excited to see what's going to happen next. Definitely. So... Real quick, we have not mentioned this. I am a book reader. I read the book Fire and Blood. I read all of the Game of Thrones books. Troy has not. So he no. came into the show having no idea what the hell was going to happen. I came into it knowing exactly what was going to happen. Or mainly. There were still a couple of surprises for me, <laughs> even as a book reader. But as for you, as a non-book reader... Was there anything that really surprised you? I mean, because it is Game of Thrones, so you knew coming into it, it was going to be bloody, mm -hmm. gory, incesty. Yeah. Like <laughs> <laughs> you made up your own word. Um, no, like you said, uh, there's coming from Game of Thrones, you know that there's going to be scenes that are a little more hardcore. Right. Um, you know there's going to be murder and blood yes. and things like this um so i don't i don't necessarily say or want want to say that i was surprised by anything but 
quiet. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to think of how to how to phrase my thoughts here. I wasn't surprised by anything. I just I enjoyed seeing a a new series in like in this the realm, I guess you could say. <laughs> um, but like the the theme of it and mm-hmm. just how how they went about it. Right. Right. Of course. I think for me as a book reader, like I had came into it basically knowing what was going to happen. But there were still some things that, and we'll talk about them in the episode, um, in the show. But there were some things that they did change slightly from okay. the book that I was like, wait a minute, that's not how that happened. <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, things like that, like Lainor. Like, we'll get into Lainor, but, you know, how he lived. He didn't mm-hmm. live in the book. So I'm like, wait, that, wait, what, what? <laughs> Like, what is so, the purpose of this? Yeah. <laughs> so, I did have a couple of surprises, but a um, couple of things we wanted to throw out before we get into, like, the real in-depth, like, character recap kind of thing. Um, the show definitely did work as, like, a companion piece to the book. At least in my opinion, it did. Because the book was very, like, pro-green, and anti-blacks. Mm-hmm. So they kind of like use the show to like make it more even for both sides. Mm-hmm. And just to clear up, greens are the high towers, blacks are the Targaryens. Yeah, sorry guys. Um, so they kind of made it more even on both sides because the book is a quote-unquote history book written by the ma- like maesters in this universe like... 100 mm-hmm. 200 years after this all the everything happened so anything could just be hearsay exactly <laughs> so so yeah it was very very interesting to see um but bam right at the beginning of the show i loved that they started it with the great council at heron i agree with jaharis as as a non-book reader i feel like it was a necessary piece to yes. start with to have some sort of backstory and explanation of how we got to where we were yes exactly i think it was and and as a book reader i think i agree i really really enjoyed that because and i and i i just loved that they had they were able to include jaharis in it a little as well even if he didn't have any like speaking parts or anything he was Mm -hmm. in it for five seconds this old man jaharis in there he was the longest reigning king in Westeros for like 55 years or something like that. And I don't know. People can disagree with me all they want. But in my opinion, he was the best. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was. So, the, he had the most peace in the realm. He did. Under his rule. He did, too. Um, so I really liked seeing him in it. Um, and I also really, really liked the first episode when Queen Emma is giving birth or trying to give birth. <laughs> and kind of them doing those scenes and then cutting to the tournament scenes mm-hmm. and like the juxtaposition of both of them because it kind of, you know, really goes back to what she said to Rhaenyra earlier in the episode about the childbed is our battlefield. Mm-hmm. 
Because Rhaenyra just wants to ride her dragon and go kill people with fire. Yeah, I mean, she even said, like, <laughs> when she, when Emma said the childbirth, childbed is our battlefield, Emma was, or, excuse me, Rhaenyra said something like, I would rather be a knight and ride off to battle in glory. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. But... Um, Which is something they didn't expect out of girls and women back then. No, not at all. Except in Dorne. Very true. Good point. Dorne is very much okay with women being warriors. And very... that goes all the way back to Nymeria. Coming from Roin in Essos. Settling in Dorne. Okay. Because she was a warrior. So, so. You could say Dorne is a experimental country or piece yes. of the realm which in... <laughs> dorn is not conquered yet in the realm at this time that's in the show. right they are on their in own. westeros they are still an independent i don't know country or i guess you call it <laughs> so kingdom yeah kingdom i guess that's the right word mm-hmm. yeah so what were your thoughts on the timing the pacing the time jumps um, it did kind of confuse me at first mm-hmm. just because I wasn't expecting them to try and put as much as they did into the first season. <laughs> I thought there was going to be a little bit more, I don't want to say storytelling, but storytelling, I guess, of right. the lives of the main characters. Right. But now looking back at the first season... I think they executed it very well and they were able to put so much into this first season. Right. There was actually a lot of backlash from the fandom about the time jumps that because they had three, four time jumps. I think it was three. Yeah. And I mean, one of them was six years and I think, I think one of them was like a 10 year time jump or something like that. Mm hmm. And there were people in the fandom that really had an issue with it and they didn't like it. But I mean, you're trying to tell a story in one season that lasts over two decades. Mm -hmm. How do you fit 20 to 25 years in 10 episodes? (laughs) The way that they did it? (laughs) Exactly. It's the only way you can do it. I will admit there were a couple of things I wish we could have seen a little bit more detail on mm-hmm. the main one being Damon's marriage to his second wife, Lena Corliss and Rainey's daughter, mm-hmm. because in the book it, he's, it is shown that he truly loved her. It wasn't just a political move when he married her. And that's kind of what the show made it look like. It definitely did. So I do kind of wish they would have shown a little bit more of their marriage to show that he really, truly did love her. And then, of course, I really kind of wanted to see a little more of the dynamic between Rhaenyra, her husband, Lenor, and her side piece, Harwin Strong, (laughs) (laughs) a.k.a. the baby daddy of her kids. Yeah. Um no, I could definitely see what you mean by that just because going back to to Damon, it would definitely show a different side of him. Yes. That no one knows. Even even in even towards the end of 
season one where it seems like he does love Rhaenyra and their marriage is good and everything. It's still not the same kind of love that you would think. Right. It doesn't show the caring, the, the humanity side of it. Yeah. You see, it would have shown more of the human human in him, mm-hmm. you know, not you just the, see him as the fighter. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, and, and talking about the baby daddy, um, I completely agree. We all knew it was. Everybody knew it was. <laughs> I, I definitely agree. Just to see how that would work. Mm-hmm. Um, I think before the before that we've started recording, you and I've talked about. Did he join in like family dinner? Yeah. When he was around, like how? Like, what happened? Come to Thanksgiving <laughs> with us, Harwin. I mean, yeah. Pull up a chair. <laughs> Jump on in. Water's fine. <laughs> it's just so weird to me, like. Because you know that they had some kind of dynamic between the three of them. When you see the scene where their third son, Joffrey, is born and Harwin asks to hold him. Mm-hmm. And there is a look that His... passes mm-hmm. between Harwin and Lenor that is basically saying, like, I know I'm legally claiming him as my son, but I know he's biologically yours. I'll let you hold him. And the face that Harwin had when he looked you at know? Joffrey. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> so you know that there was some kind of some kind of dynamic between the three of them. You know, 100%. I really kind of wanted to see that a little bit. So I have a question for you. So okay. We mentioned earlier, non-book reader. You're a book reader. Mm-hmm. Comparing the two... Which side do you think was more right? Truthfully? Yes. Neither. And why not? I, well, okay. Do you mean... What do you mean when you say more right? Like, who should have been on the throne? Who was or... more right into the claim to the throne? Rhaenyra. Straight up. 100% Rhaenyra. Um, mm-hmm. Yes, I understand that it was... You know, firstborn son, always the son, you know, the male goes on the throne. There's never been a female on the throne. I Mm -hmm. get that. But Viserys, like legally, officially, I don't know what the word is, named her as his heir to take the throne upon his death. And it was like 10, 15 years or something at that point that it was expected that she would be. In front of all the lords of the realm, or whoever showed up, I don't know. Um, (laughs) (laughs) At least the really important ones. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so she had the the legal claim. Like, the Greens Mm -hmm. totally usurped a crown from her, the throne. But if you're talking about which side was right in their actions, neither. Yeah. That's the thing about this show is all the characters are so morally gray. Mm. You don't really have a good guy or a bad guy. Well, I I think there's one that's really the bad guy, but we'll get there in a second. Um, I'm kind of interested to see if you're (laughs) calling the bad guy. Oh, I think I know. Um, No, I I, I agree with you. Um, I definitely think looking as a third party looking in. That Rhaenyra should have been... Playing devil's advocate. Yeah. <laughs> Rhaenyra had the claim to the throne. Yeah. Um, I think Viserys should have definitely stood up at some point and said, my son Aegon is a 
douchebag and can never be on the throne. Yeah, I completely <laughs> agree with him, with you on that one. Um, I don't see any good coming from him being on the throne. No. Um, but then, like you said, there's, and this stems back from, like, I guess, forward into Game of Thrones in a way. <laughs> since House of Dragons a prequel but it stems from Game of Thrones that everyone just wants to kill someone for some reason <laughs> it seems like um, that Allison goes after Rhaenyra the kids go after each other Damon kills tons of people in the show mm-hmm. like Kristen Cole gets away with murder there's just we'll go into that dude later <laughs> there's just nothing, nothing in there that you like you said is morally correct are right. Right. So I don't think either of them were right, except for the fact that I think Rhaenyra had the better claim. Right. But Okay. Uh, but with that being said, with greens and blacks, right and wrong, morally gray, how did you feel about Alicent? Did you have any compassion for her? Do you think <sighs> she was just a bitch? Like, <laughs> yes and no. So I will say one thing that I really, really liked that they did with the show was, and other other fans didn't really like it, but I did. I liked that they made her the same age as Rhaenyra and made her and Rhaenyra best friends. Was it different because, in the book? Yes. In the book, she was like 10 years older than Rhaenyra. I did not know that. And they were not friends. So it made it a lot different, mm-hmm. you know? And so, and so like... Rhaenyra and Aegon were like almost the, like closer to the same age than they are in the show because mm. of that, you know. So it made it a lot different. But I feel, I, liked, I feel like it makes it a little more relatable. Exactly. I liked that they made them the same age. I liked that they made them best friends. As for compassion for her liking her, when she was younger, when they were like best friends, teenagers, before she married Viserys... Yes, Mm -hmm. because then she was very much a product of her environment doing exactly what she was told by her father. Once she married Viserys and once she was older, had children, they were older, you know, um, then I didn't because she started to buy into everything that her father was telling her. Mm Mm-hmm. And started living her life the way that he believed yeah. or to- said or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. And then became a total textbook example of um, generational trauma. Yeah. Because she was basically like pushing it all onto her kids like it was all pushed mm-hmm. onto her. I, I feel the same way. When she was a young girl, young Allison. Definitely felt bad for her because, like you said, she was getting forced into doing something. As she grew older, I think she fell into what a lot of people in this fantasy world that's made up fall into. That it's quote-unquote best for the realm. Mm -hmm. Or it's for the family. Mm -hmm. It's for the family name. Mm -hmm. And whenever she becomes queen, she's old enough to realize these things. Yeah. But she's still under so much pressure from her father. Right. Who is still hand of the king. Mm-hmm. 
Isn't that? That's yeah. right, right? Okay. Yeah. I don't know why that sounded weird for a second, <laughs> but he's the hand of the king. So he still has so much power. Right. For not being the king. So he is pushing so much onto her, like you said. Right. So compassion for young Allison? Absolutely. Lost her best friend because of what happened. Her dad was pushing her into yeah, things. Yeah, because I mean, like, back then, like, in that in those days, like, if this was a real thing, you know, mm-hmm. not a fantasy world, she didn't exactly have a choice whether she married Viserys or not. Like, Viserys mm. announces he's going to marry her. You don't get to say yes or no. It's like, You oh, do what the okay. king says. Uh, uh, you may be my best friend, but sorry, I gotta marry this dude I'm now. your stepmom now. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so... It wasn't like she had a choice in the matter, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, two things that I did want to point out about Allison, though, was in episode five at Rhaenyra's wedding to Lenor, when she showed up in that green dress. Everybody knew <laughs> what was happening. Because before then, so before she marries Viserys, she's still wearing her house colors, which are green mm-hmm. or a version of green, you know? When she marries Viserys, she starts wearing Targaryen colors, red and black, to show that I am now in the Targaryen family. I am now mm-hmm. House Targaryen. And then whenever, I don't even remember exactly what happened to make her wear green. I cannot think of it. I'd have to go back and look. But she showed up to that wedding in that bright green dress. <laughs> and it's literally like her calling her banners to war. Yeah. Because like Lyra Strong says in the in the episode, that... The high towers light the flame on the top of the high tower green when they call their banners to war. So she was literally saying, like, hey, I'm not putting up with your shit anymore. <laughs> Here I am. Where are my people? Yeah, screw you guys. I'm going to take over. Yeah. Now. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then also in episode seven, you know, after the kids fight and Eamon loses his eye. When Allison and Rhaenyra fight, like when Allison like grabs the dagger from Viserys and goes after Rhaenyra, that scene between the two of them was absolutely breathtaking. Mm-hmm. You could you could really feel the tension. Like they, those two women acted that scene so well. You could cut the tension with a knife. Oh, ha, 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 ha. was that a good one? Or <laughs> no, that was not good. <laughs> No, yeah, it, so. it definitely was a very good scene. Like I said, you could they really made you feel the tension of what was happening as mothers, but then also the as the, ex best friends. The guilt of ex best friends yes, and what was happening. Exactly. exactly. Mm-hmm. It was very, very good. Um but kind of going off of Alicent, kinda of let's go into I think who you were talking about as the who you would call the bad guy of the show. Yep. Oh, I was right. Mm-hmm. Yes. Point for Jenny. Yes. I definitely think that her father, Otto, is definitely the bad guy of the first season. Can I tell you a quick, quick fun fact? Okay. Do you know that he played Xenophilius Lovegood in Harry Potter and Deathly Hallows? Luna's dead? Yes. <laughs> the weird one? Yeah. <laughs> He's the weird dude. Wow. The one that tells them about the, the, the Deathly, Deathly Hallows. Hallows. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Never would have known. Never knew that. So, yeah. But, okay. Mm-hmm. Do you think Otto is 
as bad or worse or not as bad than Tywin Lannister or Littlefinger, Peter Baelish. That's tough. Yeah. Um, I would say maybe on the same footing as Tywin. Okay. I don't think Otto's killed as many people as Tywin. I don't think Tywin's ever killed that many people on his um, own. He's had people killed. Yes. Then same, same, same. <laughs> um, but both of them, and I mentioned, I said this earlier about how it's good for the realm or best for our family, family name, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. I feel like those two are on the same level. Yeah, because it seems like everything that they do or want to do or try to do is always for their family, their children, their family line, their family legacy, you know, mm-hmm. somewhere exactly. along that line, that line, line, excuse me. <laughs> so trying to keep their lineage going. Yeah. Basically that's yeah. what they're trying to do. Yeah. Little Not in another. any good ways, of course, no. but little fingers, another story. This man is the most, one of the most manipulative people that I've ever seen. <laughs> He's really good at it, though. And he's doing it for himself. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he might say for the realm, but no. Mm-mm. He's only he, out for He's himself. doing everything that he can to better his life. Yes. <laughs> now, this is a person that I thought was going to be a good guy the whole time, mm-hmm. but is now turning into an asshole and a murderer. <laughs> uh what are your thoughts on Kristen? Sir Kristen Cole, since what he's a knight now. the fuck? <laughs> so, okay, in the book, I knew he was, you know, going to end up on the, on the side of the Greens. Mm-hmm. You know, and in the book, I knew, like, it's not shown, like, what happens between him and Rainier in the book. It does not say that they actually slept together or that he was so in love with her that he tried to get her to run away with him, which was a total douchey move to do with the heir to the throne, by the way. Hey, when but... you're in love, you're in love. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> like it doesn't show any of that. It just kind of says like something happened between the two of them, but they're the only two that knows and nobody else knows what happened. And he just all of a sudden was on the side of the greens. Well, I like the show part yeah. <laughs> better than the book. So, and then, like, you knew that he killed Joffrey. What didn't happen at the wedding to uh, Rainier and Lainor's. I think it jo- happened at, like... Joffrey, not the baby Joffrey. No, no, no. <laughs> Just making that, that clear real quick. That would have really worse. <laughs> it was Lainor's boyfriend? Plaything? Lover, side piece, whatever he was. I don't mm-hmm. know. Um, but I don't think it happened at the wedding. I think it was, like, at a tournament or something. So it like they made slightly different details, you know. Mm-hmm. But like, even though I knew all these things, I still had such high hopes for him at the beginning of the show. <laughs> <laughs> just please don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> and, but I just I don't understand how he can literally get away with murder as a member of the Kingsguard in such a public place, mm-hmm. and then again. In the small council room, in front of the basically the leaders of the entire realm, mm-hmm. and nothing happens to him. Yep, that's what I was gonna say. Like, what? 
the fuck? Yeah. In front of <laughs> in front of the king, queen, princes, yeah, all mean, of the leaders. I mean, I get like at the wedding when he killed Joffrey, like the king was literally like passing out as it happened. Okay, but the hand, but, the queen, yeah. the commander of the king's guard. Yeah. I mean, nobody even tried to pull him off of Joffrey. <laughs> Like they literally just let him keep going until the guy was dude or the guy was dude. The guy was dead. <laughs> Excuse me. And then Kristen was like, okay, he's dead and I'm exhausted. Now I'll stop hitting him. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go to bed guys. I'm tired. <laughs> like that's basically what happened. Like nobody even tried to stop him. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't uh, get it. So I don't know why either. It's not my favorite character anymore. <laughs> so. Uh, speaking of the king passing out, though, let's talk about the king. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about Viserys? Um, I feel like, obviously, we didn't see the beginnings of when he became king. Mm-hmm. Just from, yeah, because it flashed forward to like mm-hmm. ten years after he became king. Just context clues and assumption. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming he was a good king when he began because he kept the peace that Jaehaerys had. Right. He, but looking at it from the series, I feel like he was a little too nice to be a king or not to be king, too nice for a king. Okay. Um, I feel like the entire war for the dance of the dragons started because of him. Yes. And one word from him, one act from him. I don't know what act, but one act from him could have stopped the whole thing. Could have, could have saved it from even happening. Well, he, he's the king. In, in this time, he has absolute rule, say, of everything. Yeah. He could have stopped it so many times about just announcing or putting his foot down, doing something that Rhaenyra was his heir. Yeah. Rather Other than, than just one time saying it. Mm-hmm. Rather than letting his wife, the queen, and his daughter, the heir, fight. Letting his grandchildren or his children and grandchildren fight. Yeah, like, like when when the kids fought and Damon lost an eye, and he literally told the kids like just apologize and go to bed. Everything's fine. <laughs> what? Like the dude literally like cut the other kid's eye out, and you want him to just say I'm sorry? Like honestly, I, as a mom, I was kind of I almost kind of understood Allison's side. Like okay, I'm not gonna ask for the other kid to lo- I'm not gonna ask to take the other kid's eye. But some punishment but, somewhere. Yeah, some kind of punishment. It was just a child's tussle. <laughs> so yeah. Um, he seemed he seemed like he was a pretty good father to Rhaenyra when she was a little bit younger. Um, a decent father. Yes and no. But when he mixes the two as father and king. It makes it worse. See the way the way I looked at it was his love for Rhaenyra stemmed from his deep love of his first wife Emma and his guilt from her death. Hmm. Because even later on when he's like dying Basically, he even makes the comment like Rhaenyra is his only child, even though he has four other kids <laughs> with <laughs> Alicent. <laughs> so I feel like I feel like that's where it stems from more than I mean, I think he truly loved her. Don't get me wrong. I think he loved his daughter, but I think he loved her out of guilt for his wife's death more than anything. That's a good point. I never thought of it that way. I don't know. That's just my opinion. Yeah. But I will say the actor 
Patty Considine acted the hell out of that character. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you you told me about this before. Didn't George R. R. Martin tell him that he did it better than yes. what he wrote? George R. R. Martin texted Patty and told Patty that his Viserys was better than George's own. Like, for real? You're going to be damn I mean, good. He better he better have a big head walking away from this show. <laughs> knowing that the creator of his character is that it's better than what he imagined. <laughs> and that, that episode, I think it was episode eight, when they're like contesting the Driftmark heir. Mm-hmm. Corliss's brother is against Rhaenyra's son mm-hmm. and Otto was going to sit the throne and then Viserys was like no I can do it today and that walk to the throne I mean that that performance that episode was amazing mm-hmm. and that I almost cried I think I actually did cry when I watched it <laughs> <laughs> that scene when he gets up to the stairs for the throne and one of the king's guard tries to come help him and he's like no i got it and then his crown falls off his head and someone comes up and he sees a hand pick up his crown and he says i said i had it or something like that and he looks over and it's his brother damon mm-hmm. and damon is like come on brother and he helps him up the stairs helps him sit down on the throne and then puts the crown on his head like i think say what you will about damon as much shit as he put his brother through already. But he truly loved his brother. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that scene was just perfect. And actually that, the crown falling off and him picking it up was actually improvised in um, in rehearsals. Was it really? Before they, had, before they had started shooting, they were rehearsing that scene. He was supposed to help him walk up the stairs. Mm-hmm. But when Viserys was, when Patty Constantine was doing the scene, he had leaned over too far and the crown fell off on accident. Like it wasn't supposed to. Yeah. And so Matt Smith, as Damon, picked it up and then did the scene like that. And the director liked it so much, they were like, we're keeping it like this. Hmm. So. I always love hearing about improvs. Yeah, within, they, within they, said it, they said it in like the the like behind the scenes that they do after each episode the like inside the episode mm-hmm. things they i think that's where it was i don't remember where i saw it but i saw that and i thought that was really cool that is really cool um so. well since you already brought him up damon was one of my favorite characters throughout the show chaos incarnate <laughs> he definitely embodies that and he's you can definitely tell just from whenever you first see him in the show that he is like the badass of the show. Oh yeah. And Matt Smith was able to play him so well. Mm-hmm. Like he's so good at it. And I love Damon's crime cloak. <laughs> <laughs> His little hood. I think it's so cute. His little cloak that he wears to go do illegal stuff. Like that's what the that's what the co showrunner, Ryan Condal, actually called it. Like he did a he did an interview with um, on the official HBO House of the Dragon podcast mm-hmm. with um, my favorite podcast host Jason Concepcion. Hi Jason, if you ever hear this, you just like saying that name. I do, Jason Concepcion. It's a cool name. <laughs> <laughs> he's really cool uh, podcaster though. If you ever hear him on anything, he's awesome. 
but um, he did an interview with Ryan Condal one time on one of the episodes, and Ryan Condal actually called it Damon's Crime Cloak, and I just <laughs> thought that was hilarious. <laughs> so, yeah, I think it's adorable. That is funny. But, um, but yeah, like I was saying a minute ago, like, I think it's very obvious that you can tell that he really, truly loves his brother. Mm-hmm. And it's shown in the show, but it's also shown very much in the book as well. So that's one thing they carried, they did carry over mm-hmm. from the book to the show. So I'm glad that they brought that. You can you can see the kind of not necessarily rivalry, but the the sibling like banter and everything between them mm-hmm. two. That Damon is the younger brother. Yeah. Like who wants to wants to be noticed. Or something. But, he not, wants to... but doesn't want to be king. He no, doesn't but... want the throne. No, but he wants Viserys to know. Oh, he wants Viserys to notice yeah. him. Okay, yeah. I see what you're saying no, now. His yeah. older brother. Yeah. He's that little brother that wants the attention, well, wants to be known for what he's doing. And and you might be able to agree with me because we're both younger siblings. I'm the middle child. You're the youngest. Mm-hmm. So we both have like older siblings. Like mm-hmm. I have an older sister and you have two older sisters. So... I can definitely, you know, kind of understand that wanting to be noticed by an older sibling thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it may be different with you because you were a lot younger than us. Well, I was going to say, I'm sure it happened when I was younger. Yeah. But like me and <laughs> me and our, our sister, we're only like three and a half years apart. Mm-hmm. So we were a lot closer in age, especially when I was a teenager. It was like, okay, hey, like. I'm finally old enough to like understand like your lingo and like your fashion and like the things you're doing. Let's like, go Hey, do things. come see me, <laughs> you know? So like, yeah. I kind of, that kind of does resonate with me now that you're saying that, like mm-hmm. I kind of get it. Yeah. So, so like I said, it's not like a rivalry, but you're trying to in a way live up to them. Yeah. And but he never will. No, because he doesn't want to be king. And, but I think he just like wants to be like the sidekick almost, <laughs> you know, <laughs> the, the guy in the shadows. The... <laughs> but, well, I mean, and like, I think it's like, is it the first or the second episode? I don't remember exactly when, um, he's basically getting kicked out of King's Landing by Viserys. And he says to Viserys, like 10 years you've been King and not once have you named me your hand. Mm hmm. And Viserys is like, why would you want to be my hand? Because <laughs> I'm your brother. <laughs> exactly. And that's, that was his answer. Because I'm your brother. And it was very common in the Targaryen family to have siblings or, or, family members. or heirs as hand of the king. Mm-hmm. Um, like Viserys' father, Balon, was hand of the king before Otto and he was the heir mm-hmm. to Jaehaerys but he died and then I think that's when Otto became hand I don't know the exact history I'd have to go back and look I can't think of it off the top of my head yeah it's a lot <laughs> <laughs> but so it was very common to have either a sibling or a family close family member or an heir as your hand yeah. of the king I mean, what better way to so, learn how to rule than yeah. to be next to the ruler? And since at the time, before he had named Rhaenyra his official heir, he didn't really have an quote-unquote official heir. It was just assumed that Damon was the heir. Mm-hmm. So Damon was like, 
what about me? Why am I not your hand if I'm your heir? Come on, bro. Let me so, in. Yeah. It's like, why won't you? Why won't you play with me? <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, let's kick it over to the other side now. Let's go to the greens team. Mm-hmm. The green team. Okay. Um, let's start with the oldest sibling. Aegon. Aegon. Can we please name our children something other than Aegon, guys? No, because we want to show the power. Do you know how many Aegons there were in this family? I'm assuming more than two. Okay, that <laughs> that sat the throne. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. If you're including Jon Snow. He is a gun. Then there were five. If you're including ones that did not sit the throne, then I want to say there were six or seven. Like, there's other names, guys. Come on. <laughs> they just wanted to show the power of Aegon. I guess. Anyways. Dude. Okay, this Aegon. A little shithead. Horrible. Mm-hmm. I mean, dude's a literal rapist. Yeah. Like... And the mo- they, they're just, like, hiding it, giving them, like, Plan BT, the servants that he rapes. <laughs> I mean, what else do you want to call it? It's basically what it is. I mean, I know, never I thought of it I think they call way. it moon tea in the show and in the book. I think it's called moon tea. But <laughs> Plan BT. <laughs> and paying them off to keep quiet. But, I mean... He's using his name and his status to do whatever he wants. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I honestly, I don't even want to spend that much time on this guy because he's a douchebag. But he did openly say a million times, though, that he did not want to be king. Yeah, I do remember that. Which I find insane that they're like, I don't fucking care. You're going up there anyways. You're the oldest son. <laughs> you're the oldest son. You're the heir. So you are going to be king. You can shut up. <laughs> Put this on your head and walk up the stairs. <laughs> um, but if he didn't want to be king, his brother definitely did. Amond. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Amon wouldn't have minded it at all even though Eamon is chaotic he would probably be a better king than... chaotic he's like damon jr mm-hmm. <laughs> he would be a you better know king homeboy, probably you know homeboy has a poster of damon on his walls probably he probably <laughs> looks up to everything that he does and wishes he could do it better <laughs> i mean okay do you remember when damon beheaded vaymond valarian corliss's brother yes do you remember the look on Eamon's face? No, but I'm assuming he liked it. <laughs> okay, so they like, as soon as it happens, they like pan the camera to the greens, like the high towers. And Aegon just has this like shocked look or something. Allison is horrified. Helena, for some reason, girl puts her hands over her ears instead of her eyes. Haven't figured that one out yet. Well, she is a little weird. But... So. Eamon is just like wide-eyed, like fascinated look. Like 
He is my hero. <laughs> he made a pretty damn clean cut. So, I mean, I'd be amazed too. Yeah, that was pretty awesome. But anyway, going back to Eamon. <laughs> um, I did want to ask you your opinion on this. When he claimed Vagar, mm-hmm. did you consider that st- quote-unquote stealing a dragon? Or did you just consider that he claimed a dragon just at a really shitty time? It was probably just at a bad time. Um, if... And I don't remember her name, the daughter. I don't remember which one it is. I want to say it's Raina, Bela. I don't know. Bela or Raina. I don't remember. One which of the one. two. <laughs> I know that they say that it, Vagar was supposed to be her dragon, but she didn't make any move to to claim her yet. Right. Amon is a literal a child at this point. Right. He walks up to the largest living thing in the world. And yeah. climbs onto her, or tells her to obey, first of all. And be calm. And then climbs onto her back. I don't think that's stealing anything. I think that's, he has the balls to climb yeah. on the largest living thing in the world. Yeah, I can see that. Okay. I mean, I agree, honestly. I didn't see it as stealing either. I just think he did it at a really shitty time. Because it was literally at the funeral for Vagar's previous writer lena so but uh, but i mean that just showed like the lack of respect of the greens you know Mm -hmm. so yeah definitely Um, it's definitely not stealing it's a giant i do think it's kind of funny like ironic funny that in that episode at the end like when his mom and Allison is like making a big deal that he lost an eye and he tells her like, do not mourn for me. I may have lost an eye, but I gained a dragon. But yet dude literally spends the rest of the season trying to get retribution against Luceris for taking his eye. <laughs> Maybe he wanted to look cool in front of mom. <laughs> like you literally just said, it's cool. Don't worry about it. And now you're going to keep going after this dude because he took your eye. <laughs> I just thought it was funny. I mm-hmm. don't know. Um, what about that last scene? I thought it was amazing. Yeah. They finally gave the Game of Thrones fans what they've been wanting. Mm-hmm. Is more dragons flying, fighting. Mm-hmm. They finally gave us that. Mm-hmm. And especially for people like me that haven't read books, we don't know what's coming. We just see these animals flying through the air with people on their back. Yeah. And it looks awesome. Yeah. And then seeing the size comparison between oh Vagar and Arax. amazing. Just showing how... That shot from below where you see Arax and then you just see like the shadow of Vagar above her. Through the clouds? Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. That's insane. It was amazing. And like for me as a book reader, like I even knew what was going to what was happening like i knew what was about to happen but how are they going to show it and it was still like i was like on the edge of my seat like oh my god like no don't get him don't get him (laughs) (laughs) like leave him alone (laughs) it was kind of interesting to me though that they because like in the book that's not a big scene that's like a small paragraph that says like you know amend and vagar chased lucerus and arax from storm's end and they and they killed him mm-hmm. like <laughs> that's basically it <laughs> so um 
so I was really kind of excited to see how they did it and all. But I, what I did like that they kind of changed things up a little and showed that neither one of them had true control of their dragons. So I did kind of like that they showed that because it made it more real. And like it showed like, because it showed like Eric's shooting off a flame at Vagar. Which, by the way, Erex was, like, the size of her foot. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, and then, like, Amond is, like, screaming, like, no, you know, and, like, mm-hmm. stop and all that at Vagar. And then they go out, they, and then Vagar kills, kills them both. Mm-hmm. And Amond just has this, like, horrified look on his face. So because yeah, he know he fucked up. Yeah. So what I'm wondering <laughs> is what's going to happen, and we can go through the, this in more detail later on when we do the season two expectations, mm-hmm. what's he going to do when he goes back to King's Landing? Um, like, is he going to admit that he didn't have control over Vagar? I Or not? I don't think that he would admit that he didn't have control. No? No, because I feel like he's trying to live up to an expectation. He's trying to prove himself and he wants to... We mentioned earlier that he would rather be king than his brother. Mm-hmm. If he admits that he didn't have control, mm-hmm. how is that going to look? Well, okay, but here's another thing. If he admits that he purposely did it, I mean, one way or another, he's going to be branded as a kinslayer. Mm-hmm. But being branded as a kinslayer in this universe, this fantasy universe, is like one of the highest sins so, is he going to want to be purposely branded a Kinslayer? Like, say, yeah, I did it. Or, I didn't mean to do it. It happened. Like, sorry. And still be called a Kinslayer. You know what I mean? Well, either way, he's... I mean, yeah, either way, it's going to happen, way. but... Um, I, I just... I don't know. It's it, That's a good thought. We're definitely going to have to see... Yeah. See how they portray it yeah. in the show going into season two later. One other thing that I thought was really kind of funny about Amond, which I don't know if it was a mistake on the writer's part or if it was meant to be thrown in like this, mm-hmm. but when him and Kristen Cole, and I think it's episode nine, are like running around King's Landing trying to find Aegon, he makes a comment. He's talking to Kristen Cole and he's saying something about like basically how he should be king. Because he's read all the histories and all the philosophies and blah, 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 blah. And now he's next in line for the throne. But he's not. Aegon has two sons. Like, true-born sons with his wife, Helena. So, they're next in line for the throne. Aemon would be behind them. Hmm. I did not know that. <laughs> Yeah, so I just thought that was kind of does funny. He, does he have the sons at that time in the mm-hmm. in the show? Yes. And this is Helena, his sister? Yes. Okay. So I just thought that was kind of funny. So hmm. interesting to see if that's ever brought up again or not. So. Definitely, definitely going to see how that plays out. Um, speaking of Helena. Interesting character. I find she's a little weird. Really? <laughs> yeah. And again, this is... I, I don't know the backstory. Right. I'm going off of just what the show shows. I actually read something on Reddit um, that 
if it was in like today's society, she would be like considered like autistic. I could see that. Yeah. So that, that I makes that a little more sense. So that was interesting if you look at it that way. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I don't know a whole lot about autis- autism. I'm not going to act like I, you know, know anything. I just thought it was interesting. <laughs> little yeah. fact. Um, but I want to know why nobody takes her seriously when she's saying all these little, you know, I guess prophecies you could call them. Because she's talking in tongue, basically. Well, but like, <laughs> like the, it's very common in Targaryen family to have what they call like dragon dreamers, like what Viserys mm-hmm. is claiming he is and like what Aegon supposedly was. And they have like some sort of like vision or yeah. something. So like, especially if her father was like this, why is he not even paying attention? You know what I mean? Yeah. So I don't know. I just thought it was weird, but, um, but I was going to, I thought maybe we could go through a couple of the little prophecies she threw out. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the first one was, when um, her and her mom are in her room and she's got that bug in her hand. Or was it like a centipede or something? Centipede, millipede. It's got a bunch of legs. Something peed. <laughs> Just out of your ball. <laughs> <laughs> um, but she makes the comment of the last ring has no legs at all. I'm talking about the last ring on the bug has mm-hmm. no legs. And, okay, spoiler Anybody that doesn't want to know about season two, mute it for a second. Okay. Um, So what I'm assuming it means and what a lot of fans that have read the book are assuming it means is at the end of the war, the end of Dance of the Dragons, her husband, Aegon, can't walk. Like he's got like severely malformed leg, like from broken bones and stuff. Really? So that's what a lot of people are assuming that means. Okay. So, and then within that same scene, after Aemond comes in and is like talking to Alicent about how he doesn't have a dragon and he, you this know, one blah, they gave blah, him a pig. this one they gave him <laughs> the pink dread. <laughs> yes. Um, and Alicent is saying like, you'll have a dragon one day. And Helena says he'll have to close an eye. Kind of obvious one there. Mm-hmm. I mean, because he loses an eye, but he gains a dragon. And but he gain, gains not only a dragon but the largest dragon. Yes. And so then maybe worth it. Yeah. <laughs> um. And then in the episode where he gains a dragon, <laughs> she she says this: hand turns loom, spool of green, spool of black, dragons of flesh weaving dragons of thread. That's when she has that spider in her hand, which creeps me out because I hate spiders. And then, like, she crushes it. <laughs> it's really weird. But <laughs> So what I'm assuming it means, and this is just me, is the hand turns loom. I'm assuming that refers to Otto being the hand of the king, kind of plotting In the background the with a small you know? council. Yeah. And, yeah. And then, of course, spool of green is the greens. Spool of black is the blacks. And then um, the last part, dragons of flesh weaving dragons of thread, is kind of the whole dance of the dragons. You know, the dragons being the Targaryen dragons, you know, the human dragons mm-hmm. fighting a war with real dragons. Yeah. You know? So I can see that one. And then, of course, there was the last one 
there's a beast beneath the boards. Mm-hmm. So when I first heard it, another spoiler warning really quick. Sorry, guys. I assumed it was referencing blood and cheese, which was we'll probably see next step, next season. And we'll go into that more in season two expectations. But then you see Rainy Sinmeli and her dragon Melis bust mm-hmm. out of the dragon pit floor. Yeah. So then you're like, oh, which, that's what she was doing. Which I about. thought was a cool scene until you brought up the fact that she killed hundreds of innocent people. Yeah, I thought it was stupid. <laughs> Sorry. I, I did. But like I said earlier, I'm a Game of Thrones fan coming back for dragons. So it was a cool scene. Uh, okay. Visually, yes. Mm-hmm. It was a cool scene. I will say that. Visually. Mm-hmm. Plot wise. No, it was really dumb. She killed a shit ton of innocent people just to make a cool exit. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so, I don't know. But, um, okay, so that kind of goes, that's kind of like our recap and kind of favorite parts of like the whole season and like just um, some overall characters, you know, kind of what we thought um kind of wanted to ask why you think house of the dragon and game of thrones are so popular really more game of thrones because house of the dragon is fairly more newer you know um why is it so popular why is it such a big deal why do why do so many of us like it why are there so many game of thrones nerds like us (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think one of the main reasons is because the the showrunners and everyone for Game of Thrones really started to make like a live action fantasy mainstream Mm -hmm. for mainstream TV, not just Mm -hmm. movies and things like that. Right. Um, Also, I think they weren't afraid and they had the balls basically (laughs) to show this very explicit material on mainstream television. Are you talking about like the murder and like bloods and gun? Like bloods and gun? Murder, murder. (laughs) Blood and guns? Yeah, murder, blood and Are you talking about like the tits and dragons? All of it. Okay. All of it. (laughs) Um, Anything from the blood and gore to being naked, having incest, showing dragons. And they didn't apologize for it. No, not at all. They, They took it and ran with it. And I think that's one of the main reasons why yeah. they were able to bring this out. Yeah. I think I think you're right. Yeah. Um, and I think that they stayed pretty fairly close to the source material as well. Um, at least up till season five of Game of Thrones. <laughs> um, we're, we are not going to go into that. That would be a lot. Um, if we choose to, we can have another episode that goes into the... Game of Thrones mm-hmm. whole thing and after it finishes the books and how they chose their own ending and all of that, but I'm not going to go into it now. Um, <laughs> but they kind of did stay fairly close to the source material while still being able to be unpredictable, you know, and still showing that not everybody, like, you know, you don't know who is safe. Mm-hmm. That's, you know? that's one thing I was going to say is you're always on the edge of your seat trying to figure out whether or not your favorite character yeah. is going to make it through this season. Yeah. I mean, because like first season of Game of Thrones, 
Ned Stark, I mean, the actor, Sean Bean, he was like the most famous actor, main, basically, on the show at the beginning. And they like touted him to be the main character. Mm-hmm. And I mean, literally gets beheaded at the end of the season. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you went into that show thinking he was going to be on it the whole show. Yeah, that he was going to be that main protagonist yeah. going up against everyone yeah. in the realm. So, I mean, you never know what's going to happen. Plus, I think one thing that I think they did really well is, and especially in Game of Thrones, was they made their villains, like they made their bad guys, some of the most memorable characters in television mm-hmm. history. Yeah. I mean, because if you think of Game of Thrones villains, okay, most of the time people are going to go straight to like Joffrey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's. I feel like a lot of the Lannisters <laughs> Joffrey, started out as the Cersei. Um, Season one was Jamie because of what he did. Yeah. Um, to yeah. Bran. To Bran whenever they got caught. Ramsey Bolton. Mm-hmm. You know. That's um, a big one. The phrase. Yeah. You know, they made them some of the most memorable bad guys in TV history. And, and they had the screen time for it, too. Yeah. And they they changed TV history with what they did on the screen. You know, they brought the big screen battles onto the small screen. So you didn't really see big, big battles like that on television before. No, it was all movies. You know, like in the beginning, the early episodes, they did do battles off screen. Like I think it was season, I don't know if it was season one or season two, but when Rob and his army captured Jamie Lannister, the battle of the whispering wood, Mm-hmm. That battle was done off screen. They didn't have the budget for it, basically. Yeah. Which, there are some YouTube channels out there. I don't know exactly which one. That have some cool breakdowns and like little animations of what these battles are. Yeah. If anyone's interested. Troy's a big YouTube nerd. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but later episodes and later seasons had the bigger budgets for them. I mean, think about the Battle of the Blackwater. Um, the Massacre of Hard Home. The Battle of the Bastards. One of my favorite battles. Mm -hmm. Of course, we could go into Battle of Winterfell, but we're not going to. Um, (laughs) But they were able to set a standard for scenes that are hard for other shows to overcome. You know? Yeah. Which I think is groundbreaking. And also, I feel like at the time, from what we've seen, or from what I remember in the past, that they had some of the best-looking dragons (laughs) on the screen i remember watching just movies in the past Mm -hmm. that obviously this was early 2000s whenever right all this happened wasn't always the best right so i just feel like for people like us that love sci-fi that love things like this it was really cool seeing the quality that they put into the cgi for the dragon of course i like the dragons on house of the dragon better um just because they all look different they don't look the exact same just that's, different colors. Yeah, that's that's what I like. But, um, and then one thing I found was House of the Dragon actually broke records. It became HBO's most watched original series premiere with nearly 10 million viewers. Just on their first premiere alone. Like, that's huge. Just one episode. One episode. That's so, nuts. Yeah. So, but speaking of viewers 
how do you think season two will be? Like, do you think it's going to be as popular? I hope so. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, so do I. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I don't know what's coming. Right. You've read books. You know, you have a general idea. I've read books. I've read yeah. many books. Yeah. I don't read books. I've read the book, um, you mean. <laughs> you you know a general idea of what's coming. Right. I don't. Right. I just have, I guess, hopes of what they're going to do moving right. forward, which is going to show, the main one is going to show what happened after Lucera's died. So I do have a question though. Okay. So I know you're you're just not typically just a big reader to begin with. Like you mm-hmm. just don't enjoy it like I do, but enjoying a show so much like this, like you did and waiting for the next season, does it make you want to read the book to find out what happens? Um, I'm not going to be not... disappointed by your answer. Like I just, <laughs> I honestly want to know. Not really. Okay. I'm, I've just never been a book reader. Yeah. I just like my shows better. Yeah. Well, I like both. <laughs> I've just always been that huge fan that loves finding, like reading a book and then watching the TV show or the movie that it gets turned into and seeing how they did it. You know, did they do mm-hmm. it justice? No, and I'm, I think then this one they did. <laughs> I'm more, I'm more of finishing the, finishing the show or a season and being a YouTube nerd, jumping on YouTube and finding out lore yeah. about everything that happened yeah. or is going to happen. Well, I do that too, though. I mean, because I'm... Okay, guys, I'm like a huge nerd. Like, when I say that, I'm not joking. Like, when I find something that I'm into, like Game of Thrones and House of the Dragon, like, I kind of get kind of obsessive about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I... I watched... And so when I first watched Game of Thrones, I didn't watch it until this year. Like, earlier this year. So I'm like a really late comer. I did not know that. To the universe, to like to the realm and everything. <laughs> so, so you just started this year. You are a big nerd. I told you I'm a huge <laughs> nerd. So I watched, I watched a couple of episodes. I think I watched like the first two seasons actually. And I was like, this is really good. So then I ordered the books. So I like read the books in conjunction with finishing the seasons. <laughs> and then I found... I'm like, I have to learn everything there is about this whole universe. Like, this is so awesome. And so I found the Fire and Blood book. So I ordered that. And then I found another book on that George R. R. Martin had done that was A World of Ice and Fire. And I thought it was the size of a regular book when I ordered it. <laughs> I didn't realize. It's like the size of a textbook. It's like a coffee table book, you know? <laughs> like, it's the one I showed you that has, like, all the maps for each mm-hmm. region. Yeah. And so I was like, when it came in, I was like, oh my God, it's so big. (laughs) So, and of course he, they did do an illustrative version of Fire and Blood. That is another coffee table book, like the same size. I ordered it, even though I already owned Fire and Blood. (laughs) Because I wanted to see all the pictures. But like, that's the, that's kind of how the nerd at like, that's the nerd I am. Like I learn everything there is to learn about it. And then I find my next topic and I learn everything there is to learn about Mm -hmm. that. And then I find my next topic. And so I not only read the books and watch the TV show or the movie, like I do everything involved. So with all of your knowledge, what, and again, this is just general ideas. 
what are the expectations for next season, for season two? Um, well, is there anything specific you want to say first, like that you're wanting to find out other than the aftermath of the Amen to Lucerus um, scene the, before we go into that? The main things that I want to see, and, and again, this is just my opinion, is finding out what Amen's going to do after Luke died. Mm-hmm. And then I don't know why, but I just want to see the 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 travels and everything that Jace had on him going to meet with houses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I think she sent him to the Vale, and then to he went to Winterfell White for Harbor. sure. Oh, on the way to Win- Winterfell, yeah. she sent him to the Vale, and then to the Eyrie. Because the veil is like a whole region. Yeah. So she sent him to the Eerie in the veil. And then I think in the book, he goes to White Harbor first after the veil. Mm-hmm. I don't know if in the show she sent him there. And then he goes to Winterfell to treat with Craig and Stark. Mm-hmm. So. I, yeah. I, I don't know why. I just would love to see the rest of the realm yeah. before Game of Thrones to see if there's any differences. Yeah. <laughs> see how bad they fucked it up before everybody else got to it. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so before I say anything, I will say, for anybody that's listening, if you don't want to know what is probably going to happen or might happen... Then we'll catch you on the next episode. Yeah. It's all about (laughs) Harry Potter, guys. It's cool. Um, Anyways, um, (laughs) so I think we're going to open with the aftermath of the Aemon and Lucera scene because we ended with Rhaenyra finding out. Mm-hmm. Damon telling her that Lucerus was de- Lucerus was dead, which quick little tidbit. I loved that they ended the first episode with Rhaenyra turning around and facing the camera. And then they ended the last episode with Rhaenyra turning around and facing the camera. I never noticed that. Yes. Very cool to me. Mm-hmm. Anyways. So that's how we ended the season was her finding out and you could see I don't even want to say it was like sadness or grief on her face. It was like it was, just straight rage. It was anger, yeah. So they've the greens finally took it too far. Yeah. <laughs> so but so I did say say make a comment earlier when we were talking about Helena about blood and cheese. I definitely think we're gonna see something about blood and cheese in the first one to two episodes. Mm-hmm. So what that is um, I know cheese is a rat catcher. Yes, cheese is a rat catcher. <laughs> I, I do know that. I don't know what who blood was. It's like their nicknames in this. Okay, mm-hmm. like they're they're like fake names that they're using. Um, in the book, Damon was already at Harrenhal when this happened when Luceris died. Um, and so he finds out and sends a raven to Rhaenyra with a letter saying, "An eye for an eye, a son for a son. Luceris will be avenged." I really want to see that line, whether it's Damon actually saying it to her in person or him sending a raven to her. Mm-hmm. I really like to see that because it was very important in the book. But he basically gets in touch with one of his contacts in King's Landing. And I can't remember if it's implicitly stated or just implied, but I think it's Masaria. The, the white worm? Yes, the white worm. Mm-hmm. And they get these two people called Blood and Cheese to sneak into King into the Red Keep 
and in Helena's quarters where, and Allison is there too. Um, she's with their children. Helena is, and they grab her youngest son, Maylor. He was like two and they hold him like with a knife to his throat and they tell him like, you're, you have to choose. One of your sons is going to die right now. Choose which one. And of course, being a mom, she's like, no, take me, take me instead. And they're like, no, it has to be a son. Choose. And, you know, in her crazy thinking way, you know, because she's freaking out, she thinks, well, Mailor is so young, he won't understand. So take him. And they kill the older one instead. (laughs) so then she's left of course with the fact that not only did her son die but the guilt but yeah all the guilt so i think we'll definitely see some some of that in the first one to two episodes Mm -hmm. i don't think they'll actually show them killing the kid i hope i think they'll like fade to black as (laughs) as bad as these two shows are i hope they wouldn't show killing a child like (laughs) And like you said, I would like to see Jace going to the different places. I really want to see him in Winterfell with Craig and Stark. Mm-hmm. Because Craig and Stark ends up becoming a very pivotal character at the end of the war. So it would kind of be nice to see him before we get to that point. Yeah. And like meet him now, you know. Um, and then where I think we'll definitely be introduced to what they call the Dragon Seeds. Have you heard of what these are yet? Something to do with children. <laughs> so they're basically Valyrian bastards. They're either Targaryen or Valyrian bastards. Okay. So Damon and Chase and all of them are trying to find more dragon riders for the war. Because they have all these other dragons that are riderless. And so they're trying to find dragon riders. And so they know that there are what they call dragon seeds, which are Targaryen or Valerian bastards. So they basically put a call out on Dragonstone and Driftmark for all of these dragon seeds to come and see if they can claim a dragon. And they get some. They get like four of them. And then this random girl, Nettles, who is like dark-skinned, so I don't think she's a dragon seed. Um, like, and I don't mean like dark skin because I know the Valarians were dark skin, uh-huh. but I mean like dark brown hair, dark brown eyes. Like she didn't have the blonde hair or anything, you mm-hmm. know? So makes it obvious that she's not Valyrian. Mm-hmm. She just, you know, gets sheep stealer because she keeps giving him sheep until she gains his trust. <laughs> hey, you so. know, they always say that the way to a dragon's heart is food. I thought that was a man. Could be, but I'm using it for the show. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and two of the dragon seeds are Adam and Alan of Hull, who end up becoming legitimized as Valarians. They claim they are the bastard sons of Lenor Valarian. Hmm. <laughs> But Isn't... it's implied in the book that they are actually Corliss's bastards, but he didn't want to admit that he cheated on his wife. So he puts it on his son? 
Yes. On his quote unquote dead son. Wow. So, but they end up getting legitimized as Valarians. So they become Adam and Alan Valarian. But Adam claims sea smoke, which was Lenore's dragon. So I'm kind of wondering how that's going to work. So, aren't dragons only supposed to have one rider? Yes. So does Sea Smoke think that Lenor is dead? Or are they going to kill Lenor off screen while he's hmm. living happily ever after in Essos? If he's across the sea, how does the dragon know he's there? I mean, they might have, you know, super telepathic powers. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that'd be pretty cool. But... <laughs> They can already fly and breathe fire. They don't I mean, need... Yeah, okay, you're right. But So, yeah, or there is a theory that I've seen on Reddit, which I think is never, never going to happen. But I've seen on Reddit that people are saying, is quote-unquote Adam going to be Lenor in disguise? Why would they do that? I don't know. Like I said, I don't agree with it. I think it's dumb. Yeah, I don't, <laughs> I don't see think a purpose we're to do that it. part. I'm just pointing out that it's been said. Okay. So, and then we've got like a couple of battles that we'll probably see, like the battle at Rook's Rest, where in the book, that's where we lose Rhaenys and her dragon Maelys. They die. And also Aegon and his dragon Sunfire are both severely injured. And while Aegon is recovering, Aemond actually rules for him while he's recovering. And it's like months, for like months. So Aemond finally gets what he wants? Kind of. I mean, they don't like name him king (laughs) or anything. But like he's named like protector of the realm. Okay. So, and then, um, do you remember Rhaenyra's younger sons with Daemon? Um, younger Aegon, which again, name your kid something else. Uh, and Viserys. Okay. She sends them to be fostered in Pentos on a ship, but on the way, their ship is attacked by Lysini pirates. And Aegon has a dragon, Stormcloud, that he escapes on, but Viserys didn't have a dragon. He only had a dragon egg. So he was taken. When. Aegon gets back on his dragon. Jace takes off on his to go attack the Lysini pirates that attacked them. And he ends up, him and his dragon die. Like they get killed. So you're telling me this thing flies and breathes fire. (laughs) And people on a wooden boat in the middle of the ocean kill it? I don't remember how, but yes. That makes no sense to me. So, I'm also kind of wondering if Darren is ever going to show up with his dragon, Tessarian. Do you know who Darren is? No. You had like a really blank look on your face, so I didn't think. Who's Darren? (laughs) Darren is the fourth child of King Viserys and Alicent. He has not been shown on the show at all. He hadn't even been mentioned. Um, The only mention of him... You have to be paying very, 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 very close attention to the opening credits. Because, um, you know, the opening credits is like the bloodlines mm-hmm. of the Targaryens and like all their family lines yeah. and everything. If you know the line of Viserys where it splits between Emma and Alicent, 
And then it shows from Alicent, her kids. There's four from Alicent for her children. So Aegon, Helena, Aemond, and Darren. So that's technically the only, like, quote-unquote mention of him. Mm-hmm. I've never so, noticed. Yeah. But this whole time, and it's actually been acknowledged by George R. R. Martin and the showrunners that he has actually been in Old Town serving as like a page or a cupbearer or something to Lord Hightower, which is Otto's older brother. Okay. So, but he actually in, in the book, he's, he plays a very pivotal role in the war. So I'm like, is he going to show up at any point? <laughs> and they also, I'm kind I'm kind of hoping that they show like the fall of King's Landing and the blacks taking it. Um, one thing that I'm kind of wondering if they're going to show is like the riots that happened and like the three false kings that try to take over. What do you mean false kings? Um, so like there's these riots in King's Landing and like there's like a prophet, like past, like, like a pa- pastor kind of guy. I don't know what he is. Um, and then there's two other people that claim to be bastard sons of Targaryens that claim that they're the heir to the throne. And so they try to like take over different sections of King's Landing saying that they're the king. And it lasts for like two weeks, three weeks, something like that, until oh, they wow. finally can take get, take them down. <laughs> In my opinion, it was kind of dumb. But I'm just kind of wondering if they're going to do it at all. Um, and I think that it'll end... Like, the whole season will end with Damon and Aemon's battle over the God's Eye. So, the battle over the God's Eye is Damon and Aemon finally going at it. And, I mean, huge spoiler, but they all die. <laughs> <laughs> so. Man, and Caraxes goes at Vagar's neck or something, I think. Or the other way around. I don't remember. I think it's that because... Caraxes is smaller, and I feel like that's the only advantage that Caraxes had on Vagar. Yeah. So I think that's what I remember hearing. Yeah. Haven't read the books. So I don't know. Okay. <laughs> but so interesting fact, though, they find the bodies of Caraxes, Vagar, and Aemond in the lake. Damon's body is never found. So there's a theory that so Damon was not alive. dead. Um, uh, Did you know that there's actually a really crazy theory within the fandom that Damon was not not killed, and he goes on to become the Night King in Game of Thrones? That doesn't make sense. Not at all. I think it's really stupid. The Night King was created by the Children of the Forest, Like right? thousands of years before that. You know, I always want to say Children of the Corn every time I say that. <laughs> <laughs> Creepy-ass movie. Um, but... What, wasn't the Night King created with dra- Dragonglass? That was called? Yes. Like by the Children of the Forest? Thousands of years. Yeah. So before. there's no... Yeah. That so, sense. Like I said, I, it was stupid, but... Yeah. So... But I think that's how they're going to end the season. Because they kind of always end it... Like any any show. Especially Game of Thrones universe, you know? They end it on something big. 
Yeah, there's going to be some sort of ending climax to yeah. it. So I think it's going to end there, and then the next season will be what happens after that. Mm-hmm. So. Well, I'm definitely excited to see what happens. Um, yeah, thank I you, can't wait. Thank you for laying out some of those expectations for people like me that don't know. That don't um, care about spoilers, too. <laughs> yes. Thank you for everyone who <laughs> stuck around for that. Um, so that's that's kind of, you know, our thoughts on House of Dragon, Game of Thrones, Season 1. Um so I, I wanted to go ahead and kind of give a little preview of what we have next. You kind of mentioned it earlier. I'm so excited. Our next one is going to be about another uh, big series that Jenny actually got me into <laughs> when I was a lot younger. Um, again, haven't read the books, so you'll get to hear these different points of views again. Yes, but it is going to be <laughs> about the very large universe of Harry Potter. Woohoo! Um, Again, she got me into this when we were younger. I fell in love with the movies. Um, again, I've seen YouTube videos and different things of mm-hmm. lore and everything behind it, but I never got all the real details from the books. And there's so much more in the books. So it's definitely going to be fun to, to cannot really... cannot wait to go through it all. It's definitely going to be fun to see the different views on details that are yes. missing compared to everything that I just know from the movie. But because there are so much, so many more details in the books than the movies, I think we talked about it, it'd be so much easier to break it up. So we're going to be doing multiple episodes for Harry Potter. Um, so technically, I guess you could say seven episodes, <laughs> one they're, for each book and movie. They're not going to be consecutive, so you'll have to stick around for a little while longer yeah, to get more. Yeah, there'll be a couple different episodes in between them, but... We're going to do one for each book and movie. So the next one will be Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Yeah. I actually just finished reading the book, rereading Sorcerer's Stone last night. You already finished it. In preparation for this episode. And I had a <laughs> highlighter and I highlighted passages that were either like important to the story or different from the movie. That book is all lit up yellow. You are a true nerd. I told you. <laughs> <laughs> all right guys well really appreciate y'all sticking around for this episode um we're really looking forward to continuing this getting all the support from you guys um so stick around we'll see you on the next one <laughs>